Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Father, we ask you to bless your holy and mighty word. We praise you that you have inspired it by your own spirit and preserved it supernaturally. We thank you that by its own testimony, the word of Jesus, the words that he speaks unto us, they are spirit and they are life. We pray you would speak to us today under the anointing of your spirit in Jesus' name and all the people said. We have talked about uh, wisdom, how the word of God in Proverbs 4 says, in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding, get knowledge. Get discernment. If you read especially the fourth and fifth chapters of Proverbs, you see that there is a holy assignment for all of us who know the Lord to seek wisdom. It is a wonderful promise from God that it's available. But I want you to see that there's such a counterfeit wisdom that is in this world. In chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent, that is, in their own ability to reason. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God... The world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Skip down to verse 24. But to those who were called, that is by the voice of God's Spirit, into Christ, Jews and Greeks, Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and Christ is the wisdom of God. There's a counterfeit wisdom that is of this world, and it has the agenda of the evil one on it. You notice in the very beginning when God created Adam and Eve, and he just blessed them supernaturally, empowered them, gave them authority over everything, take dominion over all the earth, the Father said. And then what did he do? He spoke his own <coughs> excuse me, blessing on them, and they received it. We're walking along until one day. You just have to bear with me here. <coughs> I've had a few struggles this week with my voice, but we'll get there. I wouldn't miss this for nothing. You remember what the enemy said to Eve in the garden? He asked her a question, has God really said, don't eat out of this tree, because if you do, you'll die. Then he said a declaration, you won't die. You won't die. In fact, God is trying to deceive you. He knows that if you do eat this fruit, you'll be like him. Your eyes will be open, you'll know everything, 
you'll have all this authority and dominion. In other words, the devil said, you don't have to submit to receive blessing and authority. Blessing and authority from God always requires submission to God. And so the lie was you, and and, and notice this, the Bible says that when Adam and Eve heard that, they perceived that the tree tasted good. It was very appealing to their senses. And the word says there in Genesis 3:6, it was appealing to make them wise. Satan, Jesus said, John 8:44, is a liar and the father of all lies. He is the deceiver. So understand that the spirit of the evil one is a spirit of deceit. And he tries to say, you don't have to submit to God to walk in his highest and best. You just let your mind run free and you do whatever feels good to you. And you do whatever seems right to you. And you just gain all the wisdom you need because you don't have to submit to any authority to have that. I see that kind of rebellion going on in the body of Christ today. This is not popular preaching. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, both in here and online. There is no true blessing or authority of God without submission to the one who grants it to you. Wisdom that does not come through the filter of God's truth is not wisdom. It's foolishness, and it always ends badly. It ends badly. Thank God for his love and mercy and grace that he still doesn't give up on us. Do you know this, that even though Adam and Eve did what they did and we're still feeling the damage of that now, do you know that God followed them out of the garden, clothed them with blood-bought skins and, and protection. He pursued them even though they left him. He pursued them. Whoever you're praying for today, just remember that the Lord is pursuing them more highly than you are. He doesn't ever give up until somebody makes a final decision that they are not going to have it. And only God knows when that time is final, not us. Amen. God's wisdom is freely given to us by our Father. Proverbs uh, Proverbs 1-7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many sermons do you hear on the fear of the Lord anymore? The fear of the Lord, the, the, the incredible respect and awe that He is God and we're not. Incre- the, 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 inter- in it, the respect that we give to our Creator and our Redeemer. Our our culture has gotten to where they don't even acknowledge the fear of God. But I want to tell you, he is holy and righteous and just. 
And there, it, there should be a holy respect and awe. That's the fear God's talking about in this Hebrew word here. Not to be scared and run from him, but a holy reverence and awe that enables us to submit to him as our God. Why wouldn't we if we ever got a revelation of how much he loved us, of his mercy and grace? God is not chasing you down to beat you up. He is trying to pull you by his spirit into that position of love and grace and benefits of being his son and daughter. It is a holy respect, the fear of God. The Bible says that if we would ask God, I love James 1 5, if any of you without wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all freely and without reproof, that is without finding fault. If you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you as long as you ask in faith. I love 1 Corinthians 1.24. The Bible says that Jesus, as we just read, is the wisdom of God himself. Colossians 2.3, for all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Jesus Christ. No true wisdom is apart from him. And I ask you to turn there to 1 Corinthians in, in chapter 1, and let's skip to verse 2. There is a wisdom that the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit can give. Look at verse 9. It is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, all or nor has entered into the heart of man all the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his what? Through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit searches those things. I mean, what a promise. The, the wisdom of God, the very thoughts of God, His wisdom is available to us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wisdom has partners. One of the partners that the Bible talks about is godly knowledge. Godly knowledge is information that is collected under the filter of God's truth. There, there's information everywhere. We live in the information age. You can find out about all you want to find out about anything and a lot more than you want to. And I want to tell you, if you ever want to get into a, a spirit of fear real quick, <clears throat> go to the internet and look up all what's happening with a headache. I wouldn't go there if I were you. Knowledge is information that is collected under the filter of God's truth. Understanding. The Bible says we have an understanding available to us if we will seek it. That is spiritual insight on how this knowledge, true knowledge, operates. See, now, I've got some information on how electronics operate. I see smiles over there. They, you don't need to be smart aleck about it. <laughs> I don't know very much, buddy, <laughs> very little. But I do know how to send you emails. Uh, I, I, I do know how to send text. I do know how to operate a smartphone to some degree. <laughs> but I couldn't give you a clue 
how a little box in my hand can talk to somebody not only across the country but around the world. But now see, there's Pastor Wayne over there. Um, he knows how it works. Listen, the difference between me, I know some things, and him, he understands things. I've got some knowledge, but he's got understanding. Does that make sense to you? In the spirit realm, God wants you to collect knowledge through his word, from other people, through all the sources he gives you, but he wants you to go to the Holy Spirit living within every believer and ask you for and ask him for understanding on how to use that knowledge. How to use it. Well, that there's not all there. Let's skip down to discernment. We'll come back to wisdom in just a minute. Wisdom's partners, knowledge, understanding, and discernment. Discernment is the ability to see beneath the surface appearance of issues and spiritual entities and activities. We saw in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, and I want to I bring you back there to verse 14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. <clears throat> See, not everything is as it seems. God wants us to not only have knowledge and understanding, he wants us to ask him for discernment. The Bible says that God sees just as well at night as he does in the daylight. <laughs> so many times we have the opportunity to cry out and say, Holy Spirit of God, give me discernment. You know what that means in, in street language? And I, and I love the marketplace. Here's what it means in street language. It means the ability to see behind the door. Before you walk through it. Wouldn't that be valuable? Wouldn't it be valuable before you walk into a mess to know the mess is waiting for you and go to another door? Discernment. The ability to see what is hidden in darkness. That is something that is out of our natural ability to know what's going on. Discernment. The Bible says that there's, it's so important to God that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the ability to discern spirits. That is, to understand in the spirit realm what is of the evil one and what is, is something that God has ordained. The discerning of spirits is even a spiritual gift. We need to pray and be more diligently to pray, uh, diligent to pray for wisdom knowledge and discernment. I want you to know something about discernment though. You've got to be careful about discernment. And there are those who are highly developed in discernment. But we have to be careful that we don't start getting into judgmentalism and call it discernment. There's a difference in a judgmental spirit and a discerning spirit. And sometimes, as Christians, we're guilty of crossing the line and saying, well, my spiritual discernment says, Pastor, what's the difference? Well, remember this, that the Word of God is very clear that we are not to judge. We'll get there in just a minute. 
Because judgment renders a verdict that we're not qualified to render. It sets ourselves up as a judge, not as a witness and a testifier. It's fine to testify of what you believe is the truth. It is wrong to sit in a place of judgment and declare that you know everybody else's motives, you know where they're going, you know, you know their destiny. There's a difference in seeing somebody who's in a place of, of, of sin and, and, and warning. In fact, I want to tell you this, there is absolutely no, no excuse for us to judge somebody, but that doesn't mean we should condone behavior that God says is wrong. When God says behavior is wrong, we don't just have to say, well, he's okay with it, because he's not. If it violates the Word of God, he's not okay with it. You know, I, I hear this all the time, and I know it's not popular preaching. I don't care. If God says this is not right, then it's not right, and you either believe him or not. We shouldn't condone behavior that God says is wrong, but we should love and pray for the wrongdoer. We have no right to be or to act like we're an eternal judge on anybody. We should love and pray even for those who are in a place of wrongdoing. You have to go to the God and by faith receive that love that he will pour out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Judgment renders a verdict that it's not qualified to make. Do you ever hear this come out? Well, they're just trash. They're, they're just trash. They're going to hell. You don't have any right to say that. No. There is one judge. And that is God Almighty. Rendering a verdict we're not qualified to make is judgment. It assumes that we have the right to act as a moral absolute. And that we have the right to condemn I want you to turn with me to Matthew 7. I want to show you something dangerous about judging. We should never, I don't care how violently you disagree with somebody. I don't care how deeply you think that you have been wounded. We have a responsibility to respect those with whom we disagree is just as valuable as we are. Did you hear me? And the Lord, the Spirit of God, is the one who demands that and empowers that by His grace. There's a lot of prayer involved in that. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not 
uh-oh, that you be not judged. No way, right? Who said that? I said, who said that? Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that you be not judged. Now watch verse 2. For with, with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. When we judge and condemn other people as if we have the right as being in and of ourselves the moral absolute, when we do that, understand this, that judgment is going to come back to us. What you sow, you're going to reap. Isn't that what the Word of God says? Only three people agree. I know you don't want to hear it. That's what the Word of God says. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So if I sow judgment and condemnation, Joe, guess what I'm going to receive? Jesus said it. Discernment is not judgment. And last of all, wisdom is what puts it all together. Wisdom is God's ability to see matters in our life and to apply His perspective. It's the ability, it's the top-down view. It's a perspective that we don't have. We see about like this. God sees it all. And it is, He says we can have wisdom if we will ask in faith and receive it and walk under its guidelines wisdom is the ability to to see all of this know how it works and know what to do do you know what you need to know when to do it too how many of you know you can say the right thing at the wrong time and still make a mess you more and more of you are agreeing with that you you, you can do the right thing at the wrong time and still make a mess right you can have right motives, but if you do it in the wrong way, in the wrong tone, you're still going to make a mess, right? That's where wisdom comes in. Let wisdom be that filter. Let wisdom be that affirmation or that restraint. Let it tell you yes or let it say not yet. A lot of times the Spirit of God you will have the right idea, but it's not the right time. And the Spirit of God will say, uh-uh, no, let me handle this. Wisdom is the ability to see things through the eyes of God. And he says he will give it to us if we will humbly ask for it in faith. What an incredible honor. It's a supernatural advantage in your business, Jim. It is a supernatural advantage in relationships with your children and grandchildren and, and your spouses and, and, and your, those that are in your close circle of life. It is a supernatural advantage if we would walk in wisdom, affirmation and restraint. Timing. It is not only what to do, 
but when and how to do it. And uh, when we get under the discipline of God's wisdom, it'll save us a lot of pain. Amen? You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.